Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful gift of love and grace and mercy. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us, to open up our hearts and minds to who you are and who we are meant to be. Lord, help us. Help us to know your grace and love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our focus today is in when God speaks, hear the full story, it's great. I don't know if you've been like Kelvin, who sometimes wishes to stop listening to God because you don't like what you've heard. Or you think, this is not quite right. There are many people who have gone through life like that, who have stopped listening to God because either life's not going well or they've read something in the Bible they don't like, but they haven't actually put it in the whole story of God. Well, one of the focus, and my sermon takes a different tack to our, our gospel reading that we had on the screen. Our, we're focused on Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, which actually says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recovery of sight from the blind, for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is early on in Jesus' ministry and he's gone to the synagogue with some of his followers and he's at the synagogue and he stood up to read the scrolls, which is a normal thing to do. Now remember, in the synagogue what you have is people who are um, religious followers of God. But you need to remember that being a religious follower of God at that stage was they were listening, they were in love with the law of Moses. And they are attached to that and they are attached to doing that and they thought the more religious they were, the more they followed the law of Moses, the better they were and this would be often portrayed in their relationships with others, that they would be put down by others. And then Jesus comes along and makes his statement. And it's an important message for us as a church it's an important message, not just for us as churches, and when I say church, I mean Christians. It's an important message for us as a community of faith to keep being reminded to listen to the whole word of God, to keep listening to the whole story of God. You see, what often happens is people pick up different parts of God, a bit like this picture of people who are picking up different parts of an elephant and misunderstanding what they're touching. Some says it's a spear, some says it's a snake, some says it's a tree, some says it's a rope, some says it's a wall, some says it's a fan. Well, Jesus has the same problem. You know, at one stage in his ministry, he's talking to, talking to his disciples and he says, who do you say I am? And they say, oh, you're a prophet, you're a teacher, you're a healer. But it's important for us to have understand the full picture and keep engaged with the full picture of God because the reality is we're never fully going to understand it until we get to heaven. So this lifelong journey of growing as a disciple, being a disciple of Jesus is important for us. And so a question for you to think about is what does it mean for you and us to be open to hearing the full story from God? How are you engaging with God on a regular basis and having your mind open so you can continually not only just hear the words of God but 
be, be shaped by the words of God. Be hear God's words. Last week on my holidays, I had the opportunity to worship at another church. Even though I was in lockdown, um, we worshipped online. And one of the comments that was said by that pastor has a comment that you now I felt for a while with some people. Is some people actually stop growing as a Christian and they just keep repeating the same thing. They keep stop engaging with God and think they've got it all together. And he said one of the problems is that some people think, I've done confirmation, which is an old thing within the Lutheran church. Done confirmation, that's all I need to do. Or I only need to come to worship occasionally because that's all I need to do. Or I have my picture of God and everything's got to fit within that picture. Well, here's a challenge for all of us. What does it mean for you and for us to be open to hearing the full story of God? What does it mean for you to to continue living as somebody who's continually been engaging with God and allowing God to speak into your lives? The truth is, sometimes we're a lot like those people with the elephant. Sometimes we partly only hear the sto- part of the story from God and we act or force others to act in a certain way. And that part of that example comes from that story in Nehemiah. The picture of Nehemiah is that they've discovered the book of the law and one of the things when you read the Old Testament and you hear about the book of the law, don't just think of a heap of rules that God lays down. It's not just the Ten Commandments. The book of the law actually refers to the first five books of what we call the Old Testament and they're the teachings of God. But the problem is, is they've discovered this and they've gone, they've started weeping and crying because they've re- understood that they haven't lived or haven't been listening to God on a regular basis. This is what Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9 to 10 says. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and the teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is holy to the Lord our God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And there are some Christians today who act that way, who just weep and feel repent. They say they're being repentance, but they're not living out full repentance as the scriptures or as our confessions understand it. They're living out a human repentance. They're walking around moping and groaning. And as someone who is a friend of mine who says, some of the Christians I've met, they don't look too joyful that God loves them. They look so sorrowful. And yes, we, there are times in our life we should be sorrowful. But let's not stop there. Nehemiah says to these people, he's the governor who's trying to rebuild this community with a focus on God, says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks Send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is a message, not only to these people back then, but it's a message to us. Not to get stuck in a place where we think we are no good, where we are just sinners and that's all, but to actually understand, yes, we are sinners. Yes, we have sinned. Yes, we have gone against God's word and that's not good. But also to be in a place to say we are still loved by God. Think of the prodigal son. If you want a story to embed in your mind, think of the prodigal son. 
the prodigal son comes home and he's going, I, I'm not good enough to be living with my father, but I'll go back and see if you'll take me as a servant. What does the father do? He comes running out and embraces the son and reinstates him into the family. It's good to recognise that we have stuffed up and messed up at times, but let's not stay in that place. You see, the law that God gives us is God's law. It's God's teaching. And it's only part of what God says to us. And it's important to think about this. The law is not bad. There are some Christians who actually reject a lot of God's law. They actually push it aside. Oh, it doesn't relevant. It's not, it makes me feel bad, they'll say. But we should recognise it's not bad. The law of God is not bad, but it has a particular purpose. And its purpose is not to be the main message. It's not the main or the final message of his story for us. But it's part of the story. And it's helpful for us in a number of ways. It provides a supporting role to the story of God for us. But it's not the main thing. It helps us see how we should be living as Christians with God and each other. Remember Jesus' engagement with a Pharisee who wants to know, how can I get to eternal life? How can I get to a full relationship with God? What does Jesus say to him? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love others as much as yourself. That is the law speaking because Jesus goes on to say, all the law and the prophets are summed up in these two commandments. So it helps us see how we should be living as Christians with God and each other. And it help, But it also helps us recognise why we need Jesus. Because when we look at the law, when we look at the focus of the law, if we are truly honest with ourselves and God, we recognise, as Romans reminds us, is we can't fully live up to the law's expectations. And so our choice is either one of two things. It's either to try harder, to be the better person, or to accept what God offers, the forgiveness of sins, the love and the grace that he offers, and says, even though you don't fully meet my expectations, I still love you. I forgive you all your sins. And that's one of the reasons we have confession as part of our service. And as forgiven people... The law then helps us to live, to share God's love, God's way. To go into the world and to share love in a way that is pleasing to God. Now there is a problem. There is a problem when people focus on the law. And over the last three years we've seen this kind of exacerbated because we've had to have laws to make sure people do certain things. But there's some major problems that come out of just focusing on the law. You see, we rely on laws to fix problems. And often those fixes are only temporary or short term. But the problem is, therefore, many people therefore assume this is how God works. That the, the way that you can be good enough for God is just to abide by the law. To do what is right. 
the number of people that I've engaged with who have been distant from church who have said, oh, I wouldn't mind coming back to church, but the roof might fall in because God's going to be angry with me, or I'm up, you know, I'm not good enough for God yet, or when I get my act together, I'll think about I'll come back. They have fallen to this problem. Now, I'm not saying we don't need the laws that we've had in place, particularly with COVID, to guide people and direct people. But I don't know if you've also noticed the laws have changed over time. And some people go, oh, last week we told we didn't have to wear masks. This week we told we're going to wear masks. Last week we told we're going to do this. This week we got told we're going to do this. Can you see how the law is a short-term fix? And the reason it changes, particularly with COVID, is the situation, the information, the evidence continually changes, and also what's available changes. But one of the problems is when we focus on the law to fix problems and we transfer to this is how God works, we actually are not reading scripture. We're trying to impose on God how things should be. But we also try to impose on others how things should be. You see, many of the messages in society are judgmental. They are, you have failed. You are not good enough. We don't want you here. And that's what the law does. It excludes people. It pushes people out. But it also does something else that is very dangerous for our souls. It can make us be more righteous than other people. Some people see themselves as more righteous than others because they are abiding by the laws, but it's really only the laws they feel are important. Have a look through the media. One of my frustrations as I read through the media is there's this judgmental spirit that exists. One of the problems that COVID has brought about has been it's brought to the forefront a judgmental spirit within people, particularly those who, who are trying to do the right thing then turn around criticising and judging others. During the break, I visited an area and what was interesting was some people without masks, but they had a badge on to say they had a medical exemption. And I spoke to somebody in the area and I said, where did they come about? And they said, oh, before we, you know, before we encourage people to wear badges, people were coming up to each other in the street, where's your mask? without even asking, is there a reason why you don't have your mask? You see, this focus on the law that we can have as a way of fixing problems causes major issues with us spiritually. We want to either exclude people, we want to be judgmental of people, we want to say to people you're not good enough or we're better than you. Well, that was the crowd, that was the audience that Jesus was speaking into when he stood up, when he stood up with the good news. And one of the things that Jesus said was he's come to save the poor. And what's interesting is if you dive deeper into who the poor are, they're not the financial poor, just the financial poor. The poor in that culture was anyone who was on the outer, anyone who was not good enough from other people's standards, who didn't live up to other people's expectations. And so the poor could have been any variety of people, depending on your context. And what Jesus has come along for, he's kind of very confrontational. This, this message that he has is extremely confrontational, although it appears, appears good to us, but to these people who thought, 
We have worked hard. We have studied hard. We're trying to do the right thing. Jesus basically says the way you're thinking is just off skew. And if you want good news, focus on me. You see, Jesus' major message is that he brings the gospel. He brings the good news. God is about bringing the good news, not about burdening people. And we see this repeated numerous times throughout the New Testament, that the message of God is not about putting people down, not about excluding people, but about including, about opening up the opportunities for as many people as possible to be in a relationship with God. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You see, Jesus, though, doesn't just speak this good news. Each of us here have an opportunity in our lives to go and speak this good news to people, to help people know that they are loved and blessed. What's important to understand from today, that reading, is that Jesus is the good news for all who believe in him. One of my frustrations as a pastor sometimes is that you sometimes get people who focus on you. And they focus on the negative things you do and the positive. But they sometimes put more faith in you than they should. For all of us as Christians, it's not about us attracting the attention, but about us diverting the attention to Jesus, because that's where the good news for all people lie. Romans chapter 3 verse 22 says, The righteous is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Our reading from 1 Peter said something similar. And this is the challenge. Not everybody sees Jesus as good news. Some people see Jesus as confronting them. And if I be honest, at times Jesus confronts me. When I read the stories of Jesus, I see that I'm not good enough or I'm not living up to his expectations. And I shouldn't really think that I'm got good enough knowing that Jesus has died on the cross and paid the price for my sins. But the reality is that sometimes the way of Jesus' life is different to how I feel or how I want to live. And yet, the big picture, the main message that I keep in the back of my mind, the salvation message is that God has died for my sins. God is not going to give up loving me or forgiving me. So Jesus is good news for all who believe in him. And that good news is available today. Near the end of his speech, he says this, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, is the good news starts today. You don't have to wait for it. It's not some future promise that's only going to occur in the future, but it's here right now. When you engage with Jesus, you have good news. When you come to worship and receive his word, when you receive his sacraments, that... That is good news for you. It is an assurance that God loves you, forgives you, has given you a future. 
So when we think about engaging with God in God's story, keep in mind there are both the law and the gospel as we refer to it. But the law plays only a minor or a supporting role. The gospel is the main message. The message that God loves you and forgives you and doesn't want to give up on you. So what does this mean for us as people of faith? How do we put our faith into action? Well, let's continue to hear the whole story of God that he has for us. There will be parts in the Bible that will be challenging and difficult. But let's continue hearing that story and that picture. And when you hear the law, accept God's guidance. It is helpful, but don't rely on it for true life. Don't rely on it for your relationship with God. Remember, it's not the main point. It plays a supporting role. And that role is either to help you understand that you need Jesus' love, or that role is to help you live a life of loving others. And so whenever you feel judged, guilty or ashamed, remember Jesus, God loves you and forgives you. Some years ago, we've got a couple of friends from Papua New Guinea here today, but some years ago a a friend of mine who had been a missionary in Papua New Guinea showed me a video of some Papua New Guineans coming to communion. And they'd come all sad face, have communion, and then they'd go away dancing and with a big smile on their face. Showing, knowing that they were loved by God. And fourthly, keep sharing with people the good news of Jesus. Keep sharing with people we are loved, forgiven and accepted because of Jesus. Imagine the difference that would make for some of the people in your life. For them to know that they can live life, not just being judged, because we'll get judged every day. Not just feeling not good enough at times, but that we are always loved by God. So here's a question for you to think about, to ponder on and even put into action. Who in your life can you think of needs to hear they are loved and accepted by God? And how might you show them this? Because a relationship with Jesus means that you've always got good news, that you have a future and a future that doesn't depend on you that has been made possible by Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. And a future where the law is not the dominant message, but God's grace and mercy and compassion is. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of your good news that comes to us in Jesus. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us so that as we live, we recognise your love and grace. When your law confronts us, when your law hits us, help us to see why it has hit us. Help us to see how much we need you. Help us to see how you are calling us to live a life of love Love in this world, loving people your way. And gracious Father, we thank you for all of it, all those people in our lives who have shared the good news with us through their words and actions and through how they go about life. Loving Father, 
May the people who meet us meet you because of your good news. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.